Today is a very special day in the life of Willow Bend Church. Today we're going to uh, be able to hear from uh, several groups that you as a church uh, help support their ministries, that you're a part of their ministries in a very big way. We've already heard from uh, a group of wonderful singers from the Salvation Army. Thank you so much for being here, being a part of our service today. And I'm just going to say this in front of everybody, and in case it gets me in trouble, it's easier to ask forgiveness than it is to get permission sometimes. But we ought to have you guys back and sing a lot more sometime. That, that, y'all are really good. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Last week, we started this, and uh, if you weren't here, you missed a darn good sermon. I just want you to know. But we're going to talk a little bit about that as we lead into what we're doing today. I don't know if you remember, but Saul was one that persecuted the church. Until he had that Damascus Road experience, Jesus touched his life, he he saved his soul, and he became one of the greatest uh, disciples and missionaries of the gospel of Jesus Christ that we've ever heard about. And his name was changed later from Saul to Paul. Let me read to you just a little bit of his story. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't this the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Christ. After many days had gone by, the Jews conspired to kill him. But Saul learned of their plan. Day and night they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. But Saul's followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through the opening in the wall. We know that later uh, Saul continued his ministry, and as we've already said, he became probably the greatest known missionary of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now think about this. If Saul had been killed in the walls of Jerusalem, the rest of his ministry would not have taken place. And so those that held the rope while he was lowered in that basket over the wall had a very real hand in everything that he did from that point forward. Today... What you're going to hear are a bunch of people that are willing to get in the basket. And what you at Willowbend are doing as you support these ministries in a very real way, you're holding the rope for those guys that have decided to get in the basket. So now we're going to have several of the groups that you're holding the rope for come up and share a little bit of their ministry. Let's have our first group come up. Good morning, Willow Bend. Sitting up front and listening, the singing has been amazing this morning. Of course, without, it goes without saying from the stage, but just the, the joy in this room, it's just it's so exciting, and um, God's all over this today. And so I'm excited to, I'm Susan Barnett, and I'm part of your transition team, and I'm excited to kind of kick us off. Um, this month has been about connections and um, the connections that Willowbin Church has outside the walls of this church. And um, you may not have been aware that we had so many connections, but we really do. And so we want to just bring to life some of those connections and let you know what they are, what they do, and how Willowbend is impacting them. And you, if God stirs in your heart something when you hear a particular, about a particular connection and you want to know more, um, don't hesitate to find the person who spoke and just ask them how you can be a part of that um, in some way or fashion if you're not already. So anyway, so we'll get started and I'm going to kick it off with um, bragging on our women of Willowbend and their impact on Africa, um, Kenya. And um, I, it, it raise your hand if you happen to be involved in this sewing um, project. There was quite a few of us, and there was quite a few Saturdays and Sundays that we got together 
and we sewed. And some of us can't sew. Um, but this was between Debbie and Nicole and some others. It became such um, a simple project of how to do it that we were step by step. And we spent lots of time together having fun, but sewing dresses and shorts for some kids that have been impacted uh, over in Africa by HIV AIDS. And so the reason we did this is because Jennifer Grimm, who has been a longtime member, and I hear a rumor that she's going to be visiting in the next few weeks, um, has been over there for quite a few years. She went over to be part of the Peace Corps and um, loved it so much and saw how she could impact other people that she decided to stay beyond her commitment. And so she let us know what we could do to help. And um, you can see Jennifer right here in this last slide on the left. Um, I think she's the only white face on the left side. Um, and she's been a longtime member of Willowbin. And she said these kids were so grateful for these little dresses and pants. And they were truly blessed by what we did. And one of the really cool things is that inside the garment, we had a tag that had a Bible verse and had Will- Willowbin Church on it. And so every child got something with a verse on it. And um, it really was a very special time to serve and uh, a neat thing when it all got over there and we heard that they'd gotten it and were so excited. So that is a a way that Willowbin Church has impacted um, way far across the world over in Kenya. Now I'm going to let Beth talk to you guys about Baptist Student Ministry. So in 1818, some college students uh, came to Texas Baptist and said, we want a ministry for college students. And in 1919, we established Texas Baptist Student Ministry. When your church, when our church, because I'm a member of Willowbend, gives to Texas Baptist, a portion of that helps us on 113 college campuses across the state of Texas to engage lost students with the gospel of Jesus Christ Uh, to then ask them to follow Christ and then to send them out to transform the world. That's our mission, to engage the lost students on campus, to uh, engage them to follow Christ, and then to send them out to transform uh, the world. How do we do that? Well, you all helped us. For the last three weeks, we've been collecting bottled waters, and we served those bottled waters this last week at the University of Texas at Dallas as we served lunch uh, to about a 1,000 students. Why do we care about that? Because every student was handed a card, and on that card, they were allowed to tell us, we want to know more about BSM. And this week, students in BSM will begin to follow up with those students who wanted to know more. A lot of people who know me think I get spring break off and they think I get the summer off and I take a long Christmas vacation. I don't know why they think that because I want to just tell you what's happening this week. Yesterday, I spent the day at University of Texas at Arlington interviewing 10 students who are going to serve this summer in student missions. Today, 45 students from UT Southwestern are on their way to El Paso where they will do 16 medical clinics this week for the city of El Paso. On Monday, there will be a free breakfast out at the Collin College McKinney campus. In the afternoon, we'll do some evangelism training at UT Dallas, and then the student leadership team will meet together to pray about and plan the next ministries at UTD. Monday night, there will be a worship service at the Baylor School of Nursing and also at Texas Women's University in Denton. On Tuesday, there's a free lunch at Brookhaven College and also at UT Dallas. On Wednesday, there's a gathering at North Lake called Crossing Cultures. There's a free lunch at the University of North Texas and Texas Women's University. There's a Bible study Wednesday night at SMU. On Thursday, and I really want you to hear me say this, on Thursday, we have the opportunity to serve a free breakfast at the Colin Frisco campus, and we need some help just buying some supplies. Uh, we, I think we have enough help to serve, but we just need some help with the breakfast items. And so if you'll see one of us after church today, you'll get to help us live sent Thursday morning. On Friday, there'll be a free lunch at uh, Richland College and Cedar Valley College. So just in these seven days, just in our city, you see what Baptist Student Ministry is doing. Now imagine that ministry all across the state of Texas on 113 campuses. We want to say thank you for your support, for the way that you've made it possible. Uh, With me this morning is Jenny Cummings. Jenny is the director of the Baptist Student Ministry at UT Dallas. And just like myself, Jenny and I work for Texas Baptist. Uh, Your gifts to Texas Baptist help pay our salaries. But Jenny has three staff members, interns and associates, who raise their own support. 
to serve at UTD. And the money that Willa Ben sends to the local Baptist student ministry helps us to support those staff members. So thank you very much for participating with us in what we do on college campuses. Lisa. Good morning. Kairos Prison Ministry International puts on three and a half day short courses in Christianity we call weekends inside the for prisoners inside the prisons. We win souls for Jesus. The prisons become less violent, less people go back to prison, and our communities are safer. Kairos currently serves in 35 U.S. states. Um, the U.S. is the world leader in incarceration rates, with 2.3 million people in prison. Roughly one in 104 adults in the USA is behind bars, which means the harvest is plentiful. Um, Kairos is also in nine other countries, some in- interesting shapes, um, and they're headquartered in DeBerry, Florida. A percentage of all donations goes toward domestic and international expansion, training supplies for weekends, and volunteer coordination. Kairos is a 501c3 ministry. The state of Texas has Kairos in 47 of its 112 qualified prisons. Why not more? Because the workers are few. On the map, I want to point out... um, In the middle there is Gatesville, Texas. That's where I serve. Gatesville is the home of five of Texas's eight women's prisons, and I have served at two of them. Also on the map of interest, there's Dallas. There's a prison called Hutchins State Jail right outside our city limits. And also on the map, there's Venus, Texas, where there's a prison called Estes that is close by. Both of those prisons have volunteer bases that are primarily from the DFW Metroplex, which means that they would be doing their training um, before the weekends locally. Um, Also, okay, so what does it look like? I have some pictures here. This is the Estes unit, and another one we have This is the Hutchins unit right outside Dallas, and we have Mountain View. This is home to uh, Texas Death Row for Women. I've served there, and here's my favorite, Razor Wire. Um, As you can see, it's not exactly a beautiful venue or an exotic destination, but I can assure you that God is inside there, and so are his lost sheep. Um, He calls us to carry his light into the darkness. So how has Willowbend contributed or impacted this ministry? Let's look and see who is in the basket. We have one volunteer in the basket. Um, A couple of people have said they're interested in serving but haven't acted on it yet. Um, For the closing that I've been announcing in April, we have five or six people that filled out a form to go, so I'm hoping that some of them will go. Willow Bend members have donated between $1,000 and $1,200 over the past two years uh, that I've been attending and collecting for Kairos. So that is enough to send one person two or three times to an event. Um, Willow Benders have also written letters, drawn posters, made placemats, and prayed, sign in the prayer chain, which is a prayer chain, for our weekends. So how can you get directly involved? Um, number one, by volunteering, get inside the basket. Uh, you can be on an inside team or an outside team. Many men and women start by working on the outside team or by attending a closing. You can support the ministry by just going to a closing ceremony. Um, there is a men's team forming very soon for the Estes unit that I pointed out. They're having their weekend June 22nd through June 25th. And I have the information for that um, Estes weekend. And there's also a weekend in August for the Hutchins State Jail that will be forming soon. I don't have the information on that yet, but it's at the end of August is their weekend. 
So um, number two, how you can get involved is hold the ropes. Um, I still need donations for my weekend, which is next month, and I need prayers for that weekend. Pray for the Lord of the harvest to send workers into the field. There are also other many ways to pray for, pray for Kairos, and I would like to take a bag of prayer chain next month. So please see me about signing up to pray for Kairos. Thank you. And now we'll hear from Rachel and Jim Joe. Hi, we're the Jobes, Jim and Rachel, and our boys are Hudson, Noah, and Max. We've been living in Indonesia for two years now. We started off on the island of Java, and now for the last year we've been living in Papua, which is an island in the far east of the country. We've been here uh, preparing to do church development ministry of Bible translation in an unreached people group. There are almost 300 people groups living in Indonesia right now. The majority of them have never had a actual gospel witness. This has actually been a really exciting time for us um, right now as we've been able to move into so the, the planning phase for being able to move into an interior location. So that's involved a lot of uh, pouring over maps and searching out uh, people from some strategic areas that can help us uh, gather information and get a, a better idea about what what the situation is in, in a couple of places. We are planning in late April or early May to actually make a trip in uh, with some of our teammates into one of the locations to be able to just get on the ground and check out what it's actually like and, and be able to determine if it would be a, an appropriate location for us to, to work. And so that's really exciting. It's, it's something that's been a long time coming. Um, but there's also still a lot of work uh, ahead that, that we have to finish before we're able to actually move into actually move into the ministry. Yeah, like Jim said, it's an exciting time. A lot of things going on. It's an exhausting time, but we're excited. Um, and in the next couple months, we hope to know a lot more, and we look forward to being able to update you guys in person. Hopefully, this summer when we make it back to the U.S. We really appreciate what you guys have been. We we just are so grateful for your love for us and our family, and your prayers for us and our family, and we look forward to being able to see you soon. Good morning. Um, another, uh, I get to talk about Celebrate Recovery this morning that Willow Bend supports. I'm the training leader here at Willow Bend. Uh, a little bit about the history of Celebrate Recovery. It started in 1991 um, by John Baker, who was an associate pastor at Saddleback Church in California. He wrote a 13-page single-space letter to Rick Warren. You probably heard of Rick Warren. He wrote The Purpose Driven Life. John is a recovering alcoholic who basically said, people are saved, but they are stuck in their old addictions. That 13-page letter was the beginning of CR. They had 45 people at their first meeting. 26 years later, today, over a million people have gone through the program. There are well over 200 groups in Texas and almost 100 in the Metroplex alone. Celebrate Recovery works to help people overcome their hurts, habits, and hang-ups through the healing of the power of our one and only higher, higher power, Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what you struggle with, Jesus Christ can help you overcome your addictions. He can heal your character defects. He died to save us from our sins. That includes our drinking problems, our sexual addictions, and that includes our failures in the past. In short, whatever you bring to the table, God can heal you. Celebrate Recovery came to Willow Bend 15 years ago. Since then, there have been a few ups and downs. The leadership has had a few meltdowns, a few changeovers, and a few reinventions through it all. But the people have found freedom from their addictions through Jesus Christ. Folks from every walk of life have walked through the back doors on their first night, not knowing what was going to happen. They were hurt and scared. 
They knew that life wasn't the way it was supposed to be, so they took a chance. Just maybe this church thing will help. Believe me, no one comes to recovery because everything is fine. We all come because our lives were a mess. That's how I came to celebrate recovery. My story goes a little like this. I grew up around here in the Plano area. At an early age, I perfected a mask to hide the pain from the um, hurt and abuse in my life. Later, I found that alcohol could numb the pain, so I dove in headfirst. I tend to be a black or white, all or nothing, extremist kind of girl. So alcohol took over and I freely let it. Eventually, I wound up many years later at that door back there, not coming willingly. I sat with my arms folded and my legs crossed, knowing that this wouldn't work, that all these old people couldn't help me. (laughs) Sorry. Um, (laughs) But the most important thing is when I was sitting in the chairs back there is I made a promise to God that I would come for three months, and that's all I was going to give him. The only prom- the part of the promise was that um, I would come consistently. There have been, um, it was a tough surrender and a reluctant obedience, but Jesus Christ has freed me from the chains that once held me down. My friend once said, God rewards obedience. Through the process, was not, though the process was not fun, God has continued to bless me abundantly. And here, after two years later, my shallow promise, I find myself in full submission to Christ, letting him work through me to help others. Celebrate Recovery at Willow Bend is not an island unto itself. We work with two dozen other CR groups in the North Dallas and Texas, North Dallas and Collin County. In fact, many of the leaders from Willow Bend have gone on to start CR groups in other churches. Each month, we get together for a regional leadership meeting to plan and share resources. We may not have a 500-member CR group like Saddleback Church in California, but we have just as many resources available within our region. In the last few years, the North Texas Regional CR Group has put together many outreach events. We started Battle of the Bands two years ago. Battle of the Bands is an outdoor concert featuring the local CR bands playing their hearts out for the Lord. There were over 100 people in attendance on the first event. The second annual event, the second annual Battle of the Bands doubled the first. We are currently planning the third Battle of the Bands, and like they always say, they're working on the 35th, but, you know, they're hopeful. Daryl will talk about Recovery International specifically Recovery Iran. All participants from the small groups came from Willow Bend CR and the region. Recently, we've recorded testimonies from people like me and currently have them translated in Farsi. You know, these big events are great. Battle of the Bands and are some of our smaller events, too, like game night and um, spring cleanup. All these are fun and exciting, but they pale in comparison to seeing a broken person come in on their first night in, at recovery and seeing them a year or two and a half years later. The real payoff is seeing marriages healed or lives and relationships restored. There is nothing better than watching God restore the years that the locusts have eaten. If you want more information about Celebrate Recovery, you can come ask me or my entourage over here, (laughs) or just show up Monday night at 6, and uh, Brown says he'll pay for your dinner. So uh, thank you for letting me share. Here's Brown. Thank you, Amy. My name is Brown. I'm one of the elders here at Willow Bend. Uh, I'm also a ministry leader for CR and involved with uh, Recovery International and all kinds of stuff. Um, I do want to talk to you a little bit about uh, Traffic 911, which is a Organization that we're partner, an organization that we're partnering with, uh, to rescue youth from sex trafficking, from human slavery. Um, when I learned about it a few months ago, 
Um, you know, you, you, everybody kind of knows that there's this human trafficking thing going on, but, but really, how does it affect me? You know, that's way down in Oak Cliff or in the bad part of town. Uh, no, it's over here across the street. Um, you know, who, what, what does a pimp look like? I, I have this vision of Huggy Bear from Starsky and Hutch, but he's not like that. He looks like me. He looks like any one of us here. Uh, what does a, a, a sexually abused, trafficked young girl look like? I don't know. Uh, what do you do with the with the with the pimp once you once you find the girl? What do you do with her? You know, my first reaction is to grab her and hold her safe and and, and hurt whoever put her into that. Well, that's not the right thing to do. On May the tenth, um, traffic nine one one is going to come here. Uh, that's a Wednesday morning. We've got a four hour. Uh, conference, if you will, on what the signs are. What is, how, how bad is it in the United States? It's the fastest growing crime in the country. It's the second largest crime in the country. Texas is number two in the state, or number two in the nation for the most number of cases. So it's huge here, but we don't want to look at it. We don't want to see it. They told me that uh, their hardest place to get in to speak was at a church. I'm like, well, I know where I can fix that. I can't change the world, but I can, I can start here. We've got a, a short little video of, uh, of the impacts of it. I was 13 years old and in seventh grade when everything changed. My daughter was 13 when she got in the car with a stranger. Um, after that day, we didn't see her for nine days. And... We didn't know where she was. We thought she might be dead. The police were looking for her. They were at the point where they were going to bring dogs and search the field close to our house. My daughter went to extracurricular activities five days a week, two and a half hours a day. She was in honors program at school. It's very easy for a child to be tricked by someone. Most of these guys have like done this before and they know what to say and how to say it and how to play play games in your head and play with your heart. She was sexually assaulted, assaulted so many times she didn't know how many times, and drugged with NyQuil. They just kept making her drink NyQuil, and then she was sold, and she was sold over and over and over. On the 10th day, it was 4.30 in the morning, and my daughter knocked on the door. As a teenager, you're thinking, well, I'm smart, you know. Well, look at me. Hey, I do all this good stuff, so this one bad thing won't, it won't hurt me. Um, just because she was home and she was safe, it didn't end. It didn't end. I do have nightmares, and I sleepwalk. It's kind of disturbing. So those flashbacks come, and it's, it's scary. I really didn't know about human trafficking and everything that could come from it. It hurt me so much to know that what he did should cost him a lifetime, and him only getting 10 years has just, like, broken my heart. He got a 10-year sentence. My daughter got a life sentence. And I needed traffic 911 to help me and to teach me how to take care of my daughter. The hurt of knowing that I'm going to have to deal with this for the rest of my life, I'll never be able to fully overcome it. It will take a lot of time to be able to accept what happened to me, but I'll never get over it. I'm Daryl, and I'm uh, part of the recovery. I'm the old man that uh, take issue with that, but I'm still the old man. Uh, I'm here to talk about Recovery International. If we look at Celebrate Recovery as a ministry, we start at home, don't we? Here at Willowbend Church. And then we reach out into the community, like we're doing with 911. And then we go out to the world. Uh, we started 
Recovery International about four years ago, five years ago, uh, with the idea of helping ministry leaders and, and pastors who are in need of some financial help. That's how it started. Well, it quickly turned. We put international on there because we thought we'd go to Mexico because it's our neighbor, right? So the first thing we did after we started Recovery International, we started praying. We got a team together, and all of a sudden, we were led to Iran. So we could take that. By the way, you saw those stars that were going up there. That were the churches, CRs that were planted by Willowbend Church. There were a lot of them. But we could take those stars now, and we could go to Iran. We could go to Afghanistan. We can go to Iraq. And those videos that you saw, yeah, they're going to be speaking Farsi. We've got some very uh, uh, talented individuals in our group. But we're going, we're going uh, a Farsi. This year, we are in the process of translating into Turkish. That's our next, next goal. From there, we're looking at going to North Korea. Something that everybody told us could not happen. Everybody but God. So we've decided we're going to listen to God on that. Uh, we have another program that we do uh, with Recovery International. It's working with the Salvation Armies. My goal is, and our goal, is to bring Celebrate Recovery to every Salvation Army that we can, nationwide, worldwide. And we're dedicated to that, and we're using the resources of Celebrate Recovery to do that. Another uh, vital ministry that has come out of this is called Integrity in the Workplace. Uh, one of the gentlemen that you saw up on the screen, he's sitting over here. He is taking, he's on the board of directors of Recovery International, and he is taking on Integrity in the workplace, and it's about one of the fastest growing problems in, in, in uh, corporations, and that is people viewing pornography in the workplace. And what happens right now is people get fired for it. What we want to do is, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. We, wanna, we have a program that we have developed that we can take that person and bring him into a program, a Celebrate Recovery program, deal with that for over a year, but he doesn't lose his job. He continues to work. He doesn't lose his income. And it maintains the integrity of the home. So that's the other thing that we are very excited about. And this is just the beginning. Because every once in a while, Brown and I climb up to about 30,000 feet and look down. Says, what else is there? God, where do you want us to go? And where he wants us to go, we're going. Because God knows and we don't. Recovery International is proud to be a part of Willowbend Church that, that helps to bring church, other churches together to help with the, the uh, traffic 911, to help with things that we ordinarily wouldn't be able to get involved with and, and, and financially support them as they do that. So I am grateful for that. If you have any questions about Recovery International, Traffic 911 or Celebrate Recovery, you can talk to us afterwards. Uh, right now, I'd like to uh, introduce Angel Tree. Video. My hope for the country is bright because once we reach the children and the youth with the gospel, we have a bright future. That box represents not only what somebody's going to be receiving, but what somebody is giving. Yeah, I think the, the vision of, of the church is that each person matters to God and each person matters to us. And so the way that, that we communicate to people that they matter is, uh, is, with, is with kindness. Gift boxes have been a blessing in more ways than one. It was easy then to preach that Jesus cares. It was easy to show them that Jesus really loves you. And this is only a small way in which he's demonstrating his love. One of the amazing things about Operation Christmas Child is that we uh, do our mission in a tangible way 
to needed children around the globe and together with the local church. And that is a very critical part. It is by empowering, by entrusting, by training uh, the local church, children are important for God. Because it brings God's name forward. It brings the name of Jesus Christ forward. It's getting people locally to think globally. It's a simple way for people to think about the world and not just think about it, but actually do something. I'm Nicole, um, and I'm the kids minister here. And the video you just saw was about Operation Christmas Child, which is something that WB Kids has partnered with the last couple years. The really awesome thing about that is it's kids helping kids. It doesn't have to be just kids, though. Our our whole church gets involved. You know, you think about the size of a shoebox. It's small. It doesn't take a whole lot of money or effort to fill it. But it can, when we partner with something bigger than ourselves, like Operation Christmas Child, we can make a really big impact on kids across the world in just a really small, simple way. Um, I also want to highlight our Angel Tree program. Um, For as long as I can remember, Willoughbyn has had an Angel Tree at Christmas. Um, And about six years ago, um, through Celebrate Recovery, partnering with a very specific Salvation Army location, we are able to um, help families in this area, um, men that are involved in the CR program, uh, sponsored through Willoughbyn. And it gives us a really personal connection to these kids that we're buying for. And just to give you an idea of the footprint of what that looks like, is over the last six years, On average, we sponsored 15 to 25 families a Christmas, but that represents 75 to 100 children who have Christmas presents um, and and really get prayed for and and loved on through the program of Angel Tree. So it's not just some random family that we're, or some random kid that we're picking from a mall tree, which is great if you do, but we have a really personal connection with these families and these guys. And I have heard many, many, many times about how appreciative they are of, of the gifts that we give and, and the effort that's put in and the love that's put in. You know, as believers, everything that we do should be done for the glory of God. Even wrapping a gift or putting a bow on a bike for a child, you know, to pray for that family that they may come to know him, to pray over that shoebox that some kid somewhere else in the world is going to come to know who Jesus is through that gift. And that's just one way that we partner with um, different ministries to reach children around the world. And now we're going to hear from Bob. Thanks, Nicole. My name is Bob Rockwell. I represent a ministry that started about 10 years ago uh, by a couple who was actually here at Willow Bend Church. Uh, They now live in Colorado. And it's called All for Jesus Living Waters. And quite simply, the purpose of the ministry is to help believers, all of us, live the life that Christ died for. Here's what we recognized was the challenge. Most Christians, quite frankly, don't look a lot different than the average person or a non-believer. We really live a lot of lives. And here's our thinking. At least this was my thinking. Well, let's see now. Jesus is my Savior. I'll accept that. Uh, now I'm a Christian. So now I'm just supposed to persevere through this life until I get to heaven because heaven's better. The problem with that, folks, is that's not what the Bible says. In fact, it says the opposite. And when I learned that, it changed everything. And so Carrie and I, we've been part of this ministry for the 10 years, but we started giving it away about five years ago. Uh, next weekend, uh, we will be... Uh, leading a retreat down at the West End Dallas, and there's people coming in from all over the country uh, that want to learn more about living this way. Um, what Jesus said, he said a very profound statement in John 10.10. He says, I have come that they may have life and to have it abundantly. The question we have to wrestle with is he's telling the truth. Because life means life, full life, complete life. Have is present tense and ongoing. And when he says abundant, it means excessive, overflowing. That's not the way most of us, including me, lived our lives. Uh, So our purpose is to help people live the life Christ died for. The secret is simple. It's just not easy for us to do. He gave it to us in John 15, 5. Jesus said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. 
He said, if you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But then he kind of gives a caveat. He says, but apart from me, you can do nothing. So the life should be an abiding life. Every ministry, everything that we do should ultimately be, the source is not us. It is our shepherd. And so everything about the Living Waters ministry has nothing to do with us. It is leading people to the shepherd. So we become both sheep and sheepdogs. And it's been our joy to not only give it away, it's been our joy to the best of our ability, learning to live the abiding life. And I could have never imagined life better and had nothing to do with my circumstances. Because those of you who know me know our circumstances are not perfect. Amen? Uh, So I invite you. First, I want to do two things. First, I thank you uh, for your investment in the Living Waters Ministry. And second, I want to invite you. This is open to everybody. This is a global ministry. It has grown from Rich and Linda Case 10 years ago that now is all over the world. Just here in the U.S., we have over two dozen couples and singles who are like us. Lives start to change. You give it away. Freely we've received. Freely we give. So I invite you. In fact, on April the 21st weekend, it may be the only chance that we get to do an initial retreat coming up this year because the ministry has, by the grace of God, exploded. And so now our prayer is, Father, how do we do this? Because as people go, and as they start to learn what it's like to simply live attached to the vine, it starts to change the ministries they're involved in. And then their ministries say, well, can you help us with this? And so it's an exciting time. It's a daunting time. We can do nothing, but we all of our trust and all of our faith and all the resources come from the shepherd. So I invite you to join us. If you want to know more about this ministry, see Carrie or I. It would be our pleasure to have you just come alongside and say, what's it like to live a life abiding in Christ? That's our purpose. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daryl Grieben. Um, here to talk about faith in practice. Um, I think there may be a video, but... Um, I think most people at this church know of faith and practice because we've been partnered for several years and it's been fairly uh, public as we go to Guatemala to do surgical medical mission trips. Um, the, uh, the faith and practice ministry has been uh, working in Guatemala for over 20 years. Um, they do both surgical trips and uh, uh, what they call village trips, uh, primary care trips to uh, remote villages in Guatemala. The... Um, it's been so effective that they've become the second leading provider of health care in all of Guatemala after the national health care system. Uh, and they're actually pretty close behind. <laughs> um, so it's been a very effective ministry. They've partnered with, uh, with uh, people in Guatemala, you know, wealthy people and government people and so on, um, and, and even uh, just local village uh, tribesmen uh, who uh, uh, ask for faith and practice to come to their area and help. Uh, provide for them. Um, as I thought about what to say today, it kind of uh, been on my heart uh, to just talk about how I got involved with uh, faith and practice in the first place. Um, when I first started medical practice in uh, 1979, uh, I met a friend in, in uh, Zanesville, Ohio, of all places, who uh, uh, was a pediatrician, and he, in turn, had a friend who was an OBGYN as I was, um, who and his friend um, had uh, been working on the mission field in Africa. And he wrote a series of letters back uh, about his experiences there. And uh, I kind of caught a vision at that point for uh, that sort of work. But, you know, I was awful busy, and I was pretty preoccupied and probably a little uh, self-important, I suppose. I don't know. But... um, I kept thinking, well, you know, when I retire, I'll, maybe I'll start a foundation and do some of that kind of work. Um, and uh, never really pursued it much until about 15 or 16 years ago, I got to thinking, you know, if I'm going to do that and start a foundation, maybe I ought to go on a trip first. So um, I got to talking to some friends, and uh, Jim Gill, who's part of this congregation, um, is an anesthesiologist, and uh, Jim had been on a mission trip with a different organization but they only did plastic surgery, and how was an OBGYN going to participate in that? So um, he, um, he said, you know, I heard about this group, Faith in Practice, and maybe you can contact them. So I found them online and got an address and wrote a letter, and of course, we still wrote letters that long ago. Uh, and uh, 
eventually uh, connected and went on my first trip. And uh, Faith and Practice, uh, if you go to their website, uh, bills themselves as a life-changing ministry, and it's true. Um, I've heard so many stories of other people who have gone on uh, uh, faith and practice trips with me, but I experienced that firsthand. Uh, first, first trip made uh, a huge difference in my life, and I was committed to, to going. Uh, now that I've retired and I'm not in active medical practice, I can't go as a surgeon any longer, so I probably won't be uh, continuing. But um, the team that we helped start here in the Dallas area is still going on and still uh, uh, participating. And uh, uh, fa- uh, uh, the uh, Willoughby and Church has been a, a great supporter of this ministry. And I, I, as all of the speakers have said, I, I certainly appreciate the support. But I also urge you, if you've been sitting on the sidelines for any of these ministries, um, if you've been putting it off because you're too busy, you have other th- thoughts in mind, you're just not sure, not sure if you're up to it, um, take a chance. Uh, Serving in any one of these ministries can make a huge difference in your life as well as the lives of others. Thanks. We have one final video for you um, from the Scott family in Turkey. Hello from Turkey, Willow Bend. I'm here uh, this morning with Gary and Kobe Scott. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, why don't you guys tell us about yourselves? Well, we're Gary and Kobe Scott, and we're along with Madeline and Nathan Scott. Our little family of four lives in Adana, Turkey, in a ninth-floor apartment. We love to laugh, mm-hmm. eat lots of kebab. Yes. Have people in our home and make fun of our lazy cat. Because she is... Really lazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what is it you do here in Adana, Turkey? Well, we are church planters, or some would say disciple makers, and we live in this Muslim country, and we try to share the good news with about Jesus with anybody who will listen. True. And um, we also run a business, and that gives us credibility here in a, in a way to just interact with lots of people. And we're not just ourselves, our family, but we have uh, actually three other family units with us, uh, two singles and another f- a family of four from all over the world. And the neat thing is also that the, all these people were very, we've been overseas a long time, and everybody has lots of great language, and they love the Lord, and they love sharing the Lord with those around them. Is there, some, is there something exciting that you've been doing recently? Yeah, uh, probably the most exciting thing recently is because there's a lot of uh, people in our country politically, it's actually opened a lot of opportunities for us to share with share about Jesus with lots of people. So mm-hmm. even though it's uncertain here in some ways, it's actually the doors are open to be sharing the gospel with people. Yeah. Another uh, exciting thing is that not only in our city, but in a city uh, a couple hours away from us, we've been able to be a part of what we call Discovery Bible Studies. So there's people that are learning and growing in the Lord through those. Mm-hmm. And then just recently starting a training program for local believers and so that they can um, be more effective in sharing in their own communities. How has God used Willowbend in the work here? Well, Willowbend has been with us a long time. We were counting up nearly probably 12 years where we were, you started with us in Uzbekistan, where we became team leaders, came here, had to leave there, come here to Turkey, and been with us since we've been here in Turkey. And that process, yeah, I mean, what has Willow been done? You've kept us here. Mm-hmm. So we're thankful for that because um, the things that the Lord has allowed us to be a part of and to do, and now the things he's allowing us to be a part of now, it's exciting, as we said. So thank you for partnering with us to keep us here. Yeah, and really just in prayer, keeping us financially stable, allows us to do things like what we've done is, Engaging with this, we call them the singer people group, which was before that was just completely unengaged, had no no exposure to the gospel at all. Yeah. How can people at Willow Bend get involved in LiveSent? Yeah, LiveSent, right on. Um, I think the, the number one thing I would say is pray. You know, we are looking for not just a few, but hundreds and hopefully thousands of Muslim background people to come come to Christ, which is happening in places in the world, but it doesn't happen without extraordinary prayer. And so, you know, if you're a praying person, we want to talk to you and we want to find ways to pray together. Yeah. 
Yeah, and we do have a prayer newsletter that you can be a part of. We try to send it out a couple times a month. And so you can, I think there'll be an email at the bottom of the screen for you to send an email and say, you know, add me, join, I want to join up to be a part of the prayer newsletter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll say this, you know, uh, we've had teams before, mm-hmm. so if a group of people would like to come for a visit from Willow Bend, then, you know, they, it's, it's great, it usually is a great experience for the team, we come, we pray, visit towns and villages in the area and try and open up new relationships. Yes, you'll get to join us with that eating of kebab. Yes. Making fun of the lazy cat. Yeah, the important points. Yes. And and the ninth floor apartment has a great view of other ninth floor apartments. <laughs> true. true. Oh yes, and you can also join us in the Dallas Fort Worth area in reaching out to there's there's I'm sure hundreds of Muslims in the Dallas Fort Worth area from all over the world. So learning how to be Christ and loving them as Christ would is another way you can live sent right where you're at. Yeah, I think that living sin right there in Dallas is important. It's, yeah. you know, living different than the West, rest of the environment is telling you how to live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks for your time uh, thank you. here. Thank, thank you. you. And, well, then, thank you for uh, the time for uh, time for us. We'll be back this summer for a visit. Yeah. And we look forward to seeing you then. Bye. 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 Okay, be honest with me. You had no idea whatsoever the footprint that you guys have, did you? You really didn't. Most of you didn't. You had no idea the huge footprint that you have, the influence that you have with all of these ministries. Now, we're getting ready to close the service. I know we've been here a while. It's been wonderful. But I know that you guys don't want to listen to me anymore. So, I'm going to ask you to do one thing before we bow our heads and close our eyes. I want you to be honest with God about where you are when it comes to getting in the basket or holding the rope. Are you in the basket with some ministry? If you're not, why not? And if there's some reason you can't get in the basket, are you holding the rope for some of these other ministries? And if you're holding it kind of, maybe God wants you to step up and hold it more strongly and be a bigger part of the ministries that we've talked about here today.